0: Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, today I really want to finish the, this series that we've been on, which is a relationship series. I think that it's important. I feel that it's important. I really feel that the Holy Spirit wants every person in this church to hear this message. I would encourage you, if you have friends, family that, that have not heard this message, message direct them to this, this uh, sermon, this sermon series, and have them check it out on YouTube. I really feel that it's important that we as, uh, as, as Mary, and those that, even the, that are single, know the essentials on how to have lasting relationships. How many feel that's important? Amen. And so I've been on this Built to Last series. The first week I talked about when love fails. I mean, know, there's a bumpy road in a relationship. It's not always, you know, uh, ice cream every night. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Some days it's a little bit rough. And uh, in some seasons it's rough. And so then last week I spoke on when Built to, uh, Built to Last, learning to surrender, which is another important theme, another important uh, topic that, that as spouses we need to do. It's not something we like to do. Surrender. To give our hands, raise our hands up and just say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to my spouse. I surrender to our marriage, to anything that you have for us. It's an easy thing to, to say, but not always easy to do. And today I want to speak to you on built to last, covenant love. Say that with me, covenant love. Covenant Covenant love. Now, I am speaking today specifically to those that are married because a covenant is what God has created. God has divinely created this covenant between man and woman. And again, as I mentioned in the previous two weeks, marriage is the privilege and honor of living as close to the heart as two people possibly can. Remember when Adam was provided or given a wife, the Bible says that, that God put Adam to sleep and out of his rib, he opened him up and pulled out a rib closest to his heart and he formed the woman. And that is as close to the heart that relationship that, that a spouse can have right there that you can enjoy, God divinely created that for you and I to enjoy. Now, if you'll go with me to our sermon text, I've been reading this every week because it's a reminder of marriage in 1 Corinthians chapter seven. It's right before 2 Corinthians, I wanna point that out. 1 Corinthians chapter seven and verse 28 and I'm reading out of the NIV version. And just this one simple verse, But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry, let me stop there. Say it with me. (laughs) You have to say it with me. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. Amen. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to just speak to our hearts. Lord, communicate the message this this afternoon. Lord, that uh, we would have ears to hear what your word has to say. That we can deepen our relationships. That we can deepen our love for the covenant that you have made. That you have made to bring us together. And Lord, we thank you for that today. And we pray your blessing upon each one here today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So years ago, when I was younger, maybe you all can relate to this, we were very loyal to our, our stores. For example, if you grew up in a community, you always shopped at that local corner market. You always went to get your haircut with, with George Lapierre. He was our, our barber back in St. Helena, back in the day. We went to him. We didn't go anywhere else. We, we went to get our tools at Ace Hardware or Central Valley, whatever the store was at that time. And it was called loyalty, right? You, you stuck to that, that relationship. But then along came the big box stores. I don't have to mention them. They're on every, in every big, big city. Even here in American Canyon, we have Walmart. And, and nowadays, people go to these box stores because you can buy everything. You can go buy your hammer, a T-shirt, and a mattress on your way out, Costco. These, these stores produce this, this shopper's mentality that you can get anything you want at the price you want. And then in addition to that, we now have the internet where with Amazon.com and all these websites, you can buy things extremely cheap online. You can buy anything you want. You can shop anywhere you want, never having left your house. This shopper's mentality that most of us have now And it can be a good thing, because competition leads to lower prices, which is a benefit to you and I. It's better on our wallets. But on the downside to all that, we're less connected than we once were. If all you did was work from your computer and and you purchased everything, because you can, uh, in today's day and age, you do not have to leave your house if you have a credit card or a debit card. They can bring groceries groceries to you. You can buy anything that you need and have it brought to you, of course for a fee, but the point is you don't ever have to leave and communicate with other people. But how sad that would be. How sad that would be. See devotion to our community has given way, I believe, to a shopper's mentality. We have a shopper's mentality. Not only can you find on the internet all these wonderful things that you need, or maybe don't need it, but QVC puts a nice spin on it, the Home Shopping Network puts a nice spin on it, and all of a sudden you think you need that, when five minutes before you didn't even think of that. But here's the the other part too that you can also find on the internet people who share your interests, whether it's fishing, golf, motorcycles, whatever that interest is, Long lost friends from high school. Even connections with old girlfriends and old boyfriends, if you're not careful. Somebody say, stop, stop. The internet can be an exciting place, but it can be a breeding ground for trouble. It can be a breeding ground for trouble. And my point in saying this is that you can bring a shopper's mentality into your marriage, into your marriage. And what do I mean by that? I mean that you can actually begin to tell your partner, your spouse, hey, look, if you don't meet my needs, I'll just go elsewhere and go find it. I'll go to that big box store that has everything I need. And it can become a slippery slope if you begin to treat each other like that or even communicate anything like that. You have to be careful how you communicate to one another. Do you value your spouse? Is is, is there, no matter what comes your way, in other words, you're still going to stick with that person through thick and thin. Amen? A shopper's mentality, this is what happens. It destroys loyalty and commitment in your marriage. When you begin to look at, Oh, my, 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 it looks so green on, the grass looks so green on that side over there. Over here, my, my, I'm in a drought over here, but it looks so, you know what I mean? When you start to have that mentality, you already got to stop right there. You're already way too far. You got to stop right there and recognize that, first of all, you are committed to that person that you're married to. You have a covenant, and I want to talk to you today about what a covenant is means. But where does the shopper's mentality come from? It comes from a a non-scriptural anti-Christian worldview. For generation after generation, we suffer from it. And, And it affects our marriages. And I'm talking specifically in our marriages. There's a scripture that's found in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6. This is where God created the covenant of marriage. And it's also in the Old Testament. But Matthew chapter 19 verse 6. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, this is the covenant right here. What God has joined together, let no one separate. Other versions say let no man separate. Let no one put asunder. The King James Version. Essentially, If God has brought you together, he said, you're going to be together through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. Yes, there will be some ugly times. There will be some bad times, but don't forget this. There will be some good. There will be some great times also. Amen. Jesus was saying this to the people. You know what God thinks about marriage. He sees it as a sacred covenant. It's it's not a contract. It's much more than a contract between two people. A covenant is, is a holy union between two people, a man and a woman. In God's eyes, marriage is a lifelong, unbreakable commitment. And I'll pause there. Yes, I understand there are divorces. I'm not turning my... I to that. I understand that for for many reasons, but it doesn't have to be that way. One of the things I would encourage you when you get to that point where it gets a little uh, tricky in your marriage, in your relationship, don't quit. Don't give up. Fight for it. Fight for it. Because one of the last things you want to do is you don't want to be that person 10 years from now, 5 years from now saying, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I wish I could have sought help here. Fight for it today, not tomorrow, because tomorrow may not come. Amen? As I mentioned, from the time of Jesus to our generation, there's always been people trying to subvert the message of matrimony, of holy communion. In our generations and previous generations, movies like Marilyn Monroe's The Seven-Year Itch. You ever heard the seven-year itch term? Where you get married, and after about seven years, you, you want to stretch that itch. In other words, you, you, you want to become unfaithful because you're tired of being married to the same person, so you start looking. That was an, a, a theme that was being thrown out there, and, and people buy into this because, well, I, I've been married for seven years. I've got to go and look and find what else I may be missing. And, and see, those types of thoughts are so ungodly and the opposite of what God created. It doesn't change the fact that God created a covenant in marriage. Now marriage works only on the basis of a covenant. A covenant is God's idea. It's not your idea or my idea, it's God's idea. It was designed by God as a lifelong commitment, a supernatural binding promise between a man and a woman You don't make a covenant by signing on that marriage license and saying the right words. You make a covenant through a sacred and binding oath. You see, you invoke your covenant knowing it will involve pain, sacrifice, and a commitment. How many remember right here? If you're married, raise your hand if you remember saying the words of commitment to your spouse, the vows. Raise your hand if you, if you remember that. And, and that's a good husband and wife back there that raise your hands because you want to remember that. And uh, I think we all do. That's one of the things that you don't ever forget. Why is that important? Because it's a, it's a vow. It's a commitment that you make to your spouse saying, what you're truly saying is, honey, I know these right now are good times, but there will be tough times. There will be challenging times. There will be times of sickness. There will be times of grief where we need to support each other. And that is a true covenant. Um, I think of our dear sister Irene and Wayne, the covenant they had. That right there, my friends, is the most beautiful covenant you can share as a caregiver to her husband until he passed. That is the true epitome of a marriage covenant. And God blesses you for that, my sister Irene. He blesses you for that. A marriage covenant, again, is a solemn agreement between two people before God and in the company of witnesses. It's not something you enter into lightly. It is the most powerful and binding covenant on this earth is that marriage covenant. Treating it any other way is to mock God's covenant. You, when you look back on those vows, when you celebrate your anniversary, remember the vows that you made. Whether you go away somewhere, you have, whether you have a nice dinner together with your spouse, remember those vows. And that would probably be a good time to reflect on those and maybe even repeat them to each other in your own way. How many agree with me? That'd probably be a good thing to do. Amen? Covenant is the cornerstone of marriage. It is the foundation. Without covenant, you basically have two people sleeping in the same bed together. That's all it is. Without covenant. Covenant puts the seal of God's approval on your relationship amen that's why it's so important to to live a married life because let's face it anybody can shack up together anybody can live together but God's blessing is on honor God's blessing will only rest upon you when you honor that covenant love when you honor it through marriage so I want to quickly talk to you about three components Of covenant in marriage and the first one is the sacred oath all covenants begin with a sacred and binding oath this is the first and most important component of any covenant and your wedding vows were actually the centerpiece of the ceremony it it wasn't when you gave your spouse a kiss or he kissed you on the lips or it wasn't when he saw you walking up the aisle or when you saw him at the front of the, of the church or wherever it was that you got married. That, that wasn't the centerpiece. The centerpiece was when you exchanged vows. Without the vows, a wedding is more is little more than just an expensive party. That's all it is. But with the vows, it transforms everything. It becomes a dynamic covenant between you and your spouse. The promise is a bride and groom state by looking into each other's eyes and declaring the special vows of marriage in the presence of God is the ultimate pledge of sacrifice and submission to each other. It's the ultimate pledge of submission. I was speaking with my mother and father yesterday. went to go visit them and I asked them, do you remember your vows? Because you got to remember that was... It's gonna be 63 years this July that they've been married. And so 63 years ago was a long time ago. And So I asked them, do you remember your vows? And they both said, oh absolutely, we remember our vows. So it just tells me it doesn't matter how long you've been married, how old you are, that's something special you never ever forget. They went on to tell me, or my, at least my mom did, because my dad's not the emotional type here. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what he said. and. And so she told me what the words that the the priest said when they got married back in 1958. Wow. Everything was in black and white back then. But it's important to remember those vows. Only our surrender to God, our own personal surrender to God, carries more weight and conviction than the vows that you make to your spouse. Let me read a scripture found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, a a few verses here. Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let me stop. Is this describing your relationship with your spouse? It may not every day, but it should describe the relationship. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive us, or forgive us the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen? There's nothing greater than the vows you expressed in the covenant of marriage. And when you express those vows, those scriptures I just read, the faithfulness, the love, the gentleness, the kindness, humility, patience, the forgiveness should be byproducts that are found in your relationship. Amen? That's our first point. The second point is in the covenant is faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. 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 It sounds so good. It sounds so good. Keeping the covenant in marriage for a believer is the core. It's being faithful to your wife or to your husband. It's the core of any marriage. Without it, you have nothing. It's broken. Can it be fixed? Yeah, but it becomes very, very difficult. An important aspect of this covenant of faithfulness is the intimate relationship. Intimacy is what is referred to as one flesh, the Bible talks about one flesh, the two shall become one flesh. One flesh is far more than the uniting of two bodies, but the intimate relationship expresses and confirms and maintains and deepens the shared life of the two. You see, God knew, God knew this, that when he set this relationship up with, with a man and a woman that when we would become intimate, there's a, not only just a physical connection that occurs, but deep down there's a spiritual connection that occurs as well. That's why the Bible is so careful with warning us against seeking affairs and, uh, and hanging out with the prostitutes and such, because there's a connection that happens in that process. There's something that, that there's a dynamic that God knows that happens, and it affects us. Spiritually, intimacy is intended by God for marriage and marriage only. Keeping the covenant in marriage consists of being faithful in our marriage. Everybody say the word faithful. Faithful. The same marriage covenant is symbolic of the covenant between God and the church. Both are intimate relationships of fellowship. Both are relationships of love. In fact, in each of those, those who are two are now united as one. We become the body of Christ. Did you know that? We, the church, are now the body of Christ. We have now become intimate with God, in covenant with God. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 31. And here's the scripture I was referring to, but... For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Covenant relationship right there between a man and a woman. The third point in a covenant marriage and relationship is sacrifice. Everybody say the word sacrifice. Sacrifice. There are deep sacrifices we all have to pay at some point, uh, whether you've... Seen that yet? Your day's coming. I just promise you that. Your day is coming. You will be paying a sacrifice. The third component of this covenant is sacrifice. By very, its very definition, a covenant is a sacred commitment. And all commitments involve a level of self-sacrifice. Anytime you're committed to something, there's something else that you've got to sacrifice. If you're committing to working out, guess what? You're sacrificing sleeping in. You're getting up. If not, you're not going to work out. You're, if, you're, if you're on a diet, there's some things that, chocolate cake, ice cream, cheesecake, all that good stuff. You've got to say no if you're committed. There's some sort, some sort form of form of, of self-sacrifice. Here's what I want to tell you about the word covenant. The word covenant literally means to cut. To cut. You don't make covenant, you cut covenant, is really what it means. And so when God created marriage, he cut Adam's side. It says he took the rib out. He cut him. He made him bleed. Did you know that? Did you ever think about that? Adam bled real blood as a sacrifice for the covenant of marriage. Through our marriage vows, we are making the ultimate commitment of self, we are promising to empty ourselves on behalf of our our spouse. We're saying, whatever it takes, whatever mountain I gotta climb, whatever ocean I gotta swim, whatever valley I gotta walk through, I do it for you. I commit to sacrificing my own dreams, my own desires for you. Have you ever seen that in your spouse? When they sacrifice something for you just to make you happy? Just to see that smile on your face. We all have spouses that sacrifice for one another. For, for, for each of us, right? And, and you need to be doing the same thing for them. It shouldn't always just be a one-way direction. I give myself to you completely. Without reservation and without hesitation. Amen. When we vow to stay with our partner for better, or for worse, in good times and bad times, in sickness and in health, what we're really saying to them is this, hey, I know things aren't going to go as planned. I plan on spending my life and growing old with you on a on a porch and just swinging on a chair one day, Anna. But whether that day comes or not, you know, God only knows, but... My commitment is to you from this day forward. My faithfulness is to you from this day forward. I will not change for you from this day forward. That's what true covenant is. No matter what comes your way, no matter if your house is taken away from you, your car, you lose your job, you break your back, you get sick, through thick and thin. Another couple I think of when I think of this covenant and and, uh, sacrifice and faithfulness is my uncle, I have an uncle, um, Tim Reyes, and my aunt, his wife, developed dementia, Alzheimer's, about, oh, it's been a while now, 12 years ago. She passed, I think it's been about three years now. And he became her caregiver. And my uncle is in his 90s. Okay, she developed Alzheimer's while he was, I believe, in his 80s. And he began to care for her. And if you know anything about Alzheimer's dementia, it's not an easy job. It's very emotional. It's very demanding. It's very exhausting. But my uncle would just be so tender with her, how he would grasp her hand and caress her hand and just love on her. He would bathe her. He would feed her. All the things that we do for our kids, as young kids, he... Now, because he had made a a vow to his wife, he had made a commitment to his wife that in the good times and in the bad times and in health and in sickness, that he would be with her. And there's nothing greater than seeing that. This is the greatest example of a true marriage when you do that, amen. He was a great example to us when we saw that. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8 says this as I get ready to close Above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Yes, you may not be perfect in your marriage. Your husband, your wife may not be perfect. They may have that one annoying thing they do every single day that just drives you nuts. Whether it's leaving the doors open in the house and you go turning off the lights, you know, right behind them. Whatever it is that drives you nuts, they may not be perfect, but they're committed to you in covenant love. Amen. They're committed to you. Love covers over a multitude of sins. Marriage is a sacrificial covenant. The greater the sacrifice, the more binding and sacred and rewarding our covenant becomes. If you've had to go through Trials in your life if you if you've suffered a thing or two in your marriage relationship The greater bond you will have in that covenant Relationship it becomes harder and harder for the enemy to pry you apart when you go through things together. It's like anything in life I relate that to sports teams when you go through something, it, you, you have a bond You have a bond. It, it's even at work found in the workplace. If you have a close knit team and you go through trials, it's us against them, us against upper management, they're out to get us. You form a team and you're stronger. Amen. Marriage is the same way. Don't run away from things that would attack your marriage. Covenant love, covenant faithfulness bind together and fight together. Amen. Why don't you stand with me right now as we close. Covenant love again is living in complete safety and security with your spouse. It's saying to them again, I don't know what the future holds. But I have you and I know God holds our future together. However long we may be here on this earth. None of us have today, tomorrow promise. None of us.
1: Just the present
0: right now. I don't know what forces may try to come between us down the road. I don't know, but I promise you I'll never leave you nor forsake you. My life and my heart are yours from this day forward. Those are the things that you need to be declaring to each other. Don't just wait for your anniversary. Don't just wait for his or her birthday or or Father's Day or Mother's Day. Tell them that.
1: Remind them of
0: that. We live in a world that's attacking marriages and relationships from outside, external points. And, and you have to stand up and fight for your relationship. Don't take that for granted, amen? Every day remind them, no matter what comes my way, you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. And I'm, and I'm happy that I get to be stuck with you. And say that in a loving way. Amen. <laughs> Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time of covenant marriage reminding us, Lord, of how great that relationship is that you created, that you anointed. Lord, you took Adam and Eve and you showed us that what you've brought together, you want no man to separate. And so, Father, I pray right now that uh, every heart here that is here physically every person that's watching this later online that their marriage that you would remind them that in their marriage covenant is the most important and binding thing they could ever do that those vows that they express to each other are vows that Lord that you take seriously and so should they so Lord thank you for those vows of commitment now I pray, Lord, that as we remember the as we remember these three points that we that I just mentioned, Lord, a sacred oath, the vows that we took with each other, the faithfulness that we have towards each other, and the sacrifice that Lord that we would remember these things and that we would honor these things every day of our life. Help us not to let anger go down let not the sun go down on our anger Lord but that we would work it out that we would forgive one another so that we would have a long lasting covenant relationship with our spouses Father thank you thank you Lord we love you Father and we praise you today in Jesus name Amen and Amen God bless you if you want prayer, come on up here. I'll pray for you right now. If not, we're going to close today, but uh, God loves you and he wants to make sure that you understand that wherever you walk, wherever you walk, he's got you. You're walking in covenant relationship and he has a seal upon you that no matter what the enemy tries to do to you, no matter what family member may have said, no matter what Some co-worker, what anybody says against your marriage, he has put a seal on you too. And you are his. And they have to go through God to separate you. They have to go to God. You are sealed by his promise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a great, wonderful day. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.